Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas is about Jesus coming as a baby. He didn't just get beamed down. Scotty didn't just beam him down to earth. He humbled himself as low as you could get, a tiny baby. He needed his diapers changed, right? He had to learn to walk. Why? So he could come. The Bible says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He walked among us. He didn't set himself above us. He walked among us. We could touch him. We could see every angle of him. He wanted to be with us, and that's why he came. Amen. To love Christmas. It's not what we're talking about. We're going to talk about Christmas today, but not God with us. But I love that song. It's an oldie but a goodie. Some songs don't have an expiration date, right? <laughs> well, we're going to talk this morning. Oh, um, the reason I am ministering the weekend before Christmas is because your pastor is um, home with the flu. So how many of you got hit with that this year so far? I can raise my hand. I can raise one for each kid. <laughs> it went through our house. Thank God it went quick. But uh, pray for your pastor when you think about him for strength and healing in his body. But I have a word that's stirring in my heart today, and he has given me the honor and opportunity to share it with you. So we're going to talk today uh, about Christmas. We're going to talk about birthing the impossible. And so we're going to read part of the Christmas story. Who knows where we're going to go? Luke. Luke chapter 1. Wednesday night I said that, and we did an unconventional look at Christmas Wednesday night, and we started in Genesis. So I was looking to see if anyone was going to say Genesis, but we're good. We're on it today. We're going to read. Actually, I'm going to read straight through Luke 1, 26 through 38, or yeah, 26 through 38. This is 28 when they get it up there. But we're going to read 1, 26 through 38. And then we're just going to kind of go back through and comment a little bit. And I believe we're going to leave encouraged, inspired, challenged, and excited about why Jesus came. Luke 1, 26 says, Six months later in Nazareth, a city in the rural province of Galilee, the heavenly messenger Gabriel made another appearance. This time the messenger was sent by God to meet with a virgin Mary, who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David himself. The messenger entered her home. Greetings, you are favored, and the Lord is with you. Among all women on the earth, you have been blessed. The heavenly messenger's words baffled Mary, and she wondered what type of greeting this was. Gabriel said, Mary, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. Listen, you are going to become pregnant. You will have a son, and you must name him Savior or Jesus. Jesus will become the greatest among men. He will be known as the son of the highest God, God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over the covenant family of Jacob forever. Mary replied, but I have never been with a man. How can this be possible? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Most High will overshadow you. That's why this holy child will be known as not just your son, but also as the Son of God. It sounds impossible, but listen. You know your relative Elizabeth has been unable to bear children and is now far too old to be a mother. Yet she has become pregnant as God willed it. Yes, in three months she will have a son. So the impossible is possible with God. Mary, deciding in her heart, said, Here I am, the Lord's humble servant. As you have said, let it be done to me. 
And so we're just going to kind of go through this section of scripture today. And this really is Mary's uh, job description. God sent the angel Gabriel to give her a job description. How many of you have ever gone into an interview and they've given you kind of a picture of what your job description is going to look like? If you're a secretary, you're going to take notes, you're going to type, you're going to file. There's different things you're going to do. Well, the angel came to Mary and gave her her job description and her job title was going to be carrier of the son of God. Now, how do you get that job? What do you have to do to get that job? She didn't find it in the yellow pages. She didn't find that job in the classifieds. It wasn't in the one ads. She didn't go looking for it. There was no application process, no resume required. She didn't have an interview with God to see if she was the candidate. This was a divine appointment of God. And you know, I just was thinking about this. You know, God sets each one of us in the body as he sees fit. And sometimes we would like a different job description, but you know, God's got you right where he wants you. So kind of just settle in and thrive where you are. Your gifts and your abilities are yours and yours alone. And he wants to use them. Amen. And so he had a job description and a job title for Mary. And guess what? We have the same job title and we have the same job description, not physically. How many of you are glad you're not going to physically give birth to the Son of God? But we have the same job description. We, if you have been born again, if you have accepted Jesus into your heart, you are a carrier of the Son of God. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, but this beautiful treasure is contained in us. Cracked pots made of earth and clay so that the transcendent care, care, character of this power will be clearly seen as coming from God and not from us. This beautiful treasure is contained in us. And that beautiful treasure that that's talking about there is the glory of God, the power of God, the presence of God. We are, as our job title, a carrier of the glory and power and presence and son of God. So we're going to talk about our job on earth today. Are you ready? So let's go back through that Christmas story and kind of break it apart. Luke 1, 28 through 30 says, The messenger entered her home. Greetings, you are favored, and the Lord is with you. Among all women on the earth, you have been blessed. The heavenly messenger's words baffled Mary, and she wondered what type of greeting this was. And Gabriel said, Mary, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. Now, when, you, when I think of favor, I think, I am blessed I am favored. Life is good. That means prosperity. I'm going to get a good parking place. I'm going to get a sale at the mall. Everything's going to go wonderful. His favor goes before me. It surrounds me and goes behind me. But <laughs> Mary may have had a little different perspective of the favor of God. You know, favor is not just about us. It's not just about us. There's an aspect of God's favor that is about us, that he does want to bless us. His favor does surround us. But it's not just about self-indulgence. It's not just about comfort. Favor is about purpose. And favor in heaven might not always look like favor here on earth. He told Mary, you are highly favored, favored far above any other woman on the earth. But what did that look like? 
Mary became an unwed mother, right? I wouldn't call that favor. (laughs) If I became an unwed mother here on earth, I wouldn't say that was favor. Her fiancé wanted to leave her. God had to intervene, did some marriage counseling. But (laughs) would you call that favor? Her family probably didn't believe her. She was probably scorned by those around her. I'm sure when she was small, she didn't picture herself giving birth in a barn. A barn. We call it a stable and away in the manger and, you know, swaddling clothes. But guess what? She didn't have her baby's going home outfit with her. She wasn't in a comfy, warm house surrounded by all of her friends and family. She was hidden and separated and alone in a barn with the animals in an unsanitary place that smelled like a barn. (laughs) Probably not what she thought favor looked like when she thought of the word favor. I wonder if she ever said, "Uh, you said I was highly favored. I'm not sure you understand the definition of the word. We might need to chat about this, God. But she was favor. Favor in heaven doesn't always look like favor on earth. But the will of God will always prevail, and it is always good. It's not always about us. It's not always about me. It's not always about you. It's about that purpose that needs to come forth. His purpose that needs to come forth. So we can't go by what it looks like. We have to go by what the Word of God says. Amen? Luke 1, 31 through 33. It says, The angel said to Mary, Listen, you are going to become pregnant. You will have a son, and you must name him Savior or Jesus. He will become the greatest among men. He will be known as the Son of the highest God. God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over the covenant family of Jacob forever. You're going to get pregnant. You're going to have a son. Name him Jesus. Hello. Skipped over about nine months of Mary's life there, don't you think? <laughs> Women, is it that easy to have a baby? You're going to get pregnant. You're going to have a son. Just going to slide right out there. It's not going to affect your life at all. No. Mary's new job description, Mary's new title, her new role in life changed everything about her life. It changed the way she looked. It changed the way she talked. It changed the way she walked. I'm pretty sure before Mary had the encounter with the angel and got pregnant, she never told anyone that she'd seen an angel. Never told anybody she was going to be a mother of the Son of God. It changed everything that she said. It changed how she walked. Have you ever seen a pregnant woman walk? You don't walk normal because you're carrying around a lot of extra weight, right? It changed how she acted. It changed how she dressed. It changed how others saw her. Everyone around her could see the Son of God in her. Everyone around her could see the Son of God in her. Let that sink in. Being a carrier of the Son of God should make a difference in us. Being a carrier of the power and the resurrection life of Almighty God should make a difference in us. It should make a difference in our minds, in what we think, 
Colossians 3, 1 through 2. It says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven and not the things of the earth. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Brothers and sisters, in light of all I have shared with you about God's mercies, I urge you to offer your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice to God, a sacred offering that brings him pleasure. This is your reasonable, essential worship. Do not allow this world to mold you into its own image. Instead, be transformed from the inside out by the renewing of your mind. The resurrection life of God, being a carrier of the power and the life and the Son of God, should change the way I think. So think for a minute. Has it changed the way you think? Do you still think the way you did before the resurrection life of God came in? Is there still fear? Is there still worry? Are you still consumed with doubt? Is there strife or jealousy, gossip, slander, filth? Do we still think according to the old man? Or have we allowed the resurrection power of God to change the way that we think so that it's faith and so that it's love and it's life and it's power, and it's everything that's good and honest and right and just, just like Philippians says. Have we allowed the resurrection life of God, the fact that we're a carrier of the Son of God, to change the way that we think? Another thing it needs to change is our actions. Our works matter. Colossians 3, 1 through 2. It says, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it yet. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Paul is writing to the Colossians here, and he's wanting them to come up some levels in the way that they're acting. He's saying, come on, the life and the power of God live in you, you're above this. We tell our kids that all the time when they come home and say, so-and-so gets to do this, so-and-so gets to do that, so-and-so at school has this, and they can wear that. And I go, well, stinks to be you, (laughs) stinks to be a Ligaris, but guess what? Ligarises don't do that. We are at a higher standard. We hold ourselves to what the Word says. Their parents, they have their own standards, and they're responsible for those, but this is what we do. And that's what Paul's telling them here. Stop acting like mere humans. Let the resurrection power of God bring you up here. Acts 26, 19 through 20. And so King Agrippa, this is Paul talking to King Agrippa, I obeyed that vision from heaven. I preached first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and throughout all Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove that they have changed by the good things that they do. We're not talking about working for salvation here. No, these people, he's saying, you've repented, you've come to God, and now change. 
God loves you as you are. He accepts you as you are. We come to him right as we are, but he loves us enough not to leave us as we are. He put that resurrection power of life on the inside of us so that we can represent him well in this earth. John 13, 35 says, Everyone will know you as my followers if you demonstrate your love to one another. Is the fact that you're a carrier of the Son of God impacting your actions? Just like it changed everything that Mary did. It needs to change us. Amen? How I act should make a difference because God's life is at work in me. If you read through the epistles, Paul says over and over and over, put off the old man, put on the new man. Put off this, put on this. Put off anger, put on love. Put off jealousy, put on contentment. We have to put off those things associated with the, with the person who doesn't have the life and power of God on the inside of them and start living like it's true, amen? Am I acting different than I did before the resurrection power of God came in me? Am I more walking in love? Is there peace? Is there joy? This isn't just about do's and don'ts. It's about carrying his character that's in us as a carrier of the Son of God to the world. Amen. Luke 1, let's go back to Luke 1, 34. So we have the angel, and we have Mary getting pregnant and having the baby. And he's telling her what's all going to happen. And Mary has a question, just a little question, excuse me. But I have never been with a man. How can this be possible? So this is a Mary's initial response. How many of you know whenever something comes up, we generally have an initial response, and then you can have a faith response later or a different response, but you respond to everything immediately. You always have an immediate thought, an immediate response to what comes up in your life. So this is Mary's initial response. Uh, Excuse me, Gabriel, I'm not sure. (laughs) You may not have known this, but I'm not married. You may not have, you know, taken health class, so let me clue you in on a couple things. I can't have a baby. (laughs) Some other things have to happen first. How's this going to happen? I think we're going to have a problem. (laughs) The angel wasn't swayed, right? And it's natural, it's normal to want to understand. And generally, that's your first response. When God asks you to do something, when God tells you something's going to happen, try to understand it, don't you? Natural, normal. normal. If you weren't wondering, you wouldn't be human. But I love how the angel replied. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Most High will overshadow you. And that's why this holy child will be known as not just your son, but also the Son of God. It sounds impossible, but listen, you know your relative Elizabeth has been unable to bear children and is now far too old to be a mother, yet she has become pregnant as God has willed it. Yes, in three months she will have a son, so the impossible is possible with God. And then Mary replies back to him, oh, yes, that totally makes sense to me now. I get it. The power of God's going to come upon me. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow me. Got it. I understand. Let's move forward. Is that what Mary said? No. You know why? 
<laughs> the angel gave this vague response. Has God ever given you a vague response when you asked him a question? And if you read back through the Old Testament, anytime he was talking to those mighty men of God who were getting ready to go in and do something for him, like Moses or Abraham or Joshua, Gideon, you mighty men of valor, you're going to you know, win battles. How? How is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? All he says is, I will be with you. Oh, okay, I got the plan. That makes total sense to me. I will be with you. That should be enough. It should be enough. We, as our natural response, we want to wait until it makes sense, until we can see a step-by-step plan, see how it's all going to work and fit together. But God is not just asking us to do something that's maybe too difficult for us. He wasn't just asking Mary to do something that was a little difficult for her to do. He was asking Mary to do something impossible. It's not just difficult. It's impossible. If it was just difficult, you know, we could take some of the credit. We could take some of that glory. But as a carrier of the Son of God, that was impossible for Mary. And there's times that he's going to call you to do something And it's not just going to be difficult. It's going to be impossible for you. Lay hands on that person with cancer. They're going to get healed. You can't heal them. How many of you would be a little nervous at that? There are impossible things that are getting ready. He's getting ready to bust loose with the impossible. And just like he was birthing the impossible in Mary the carrier of the Son of God, he wants to birth the impossible in us. He is looking for a church that is ready to birth the impossible into a dark and dreary and cancer-ridden, sickness-riddled nation. They need the Son of God that we have. Amen? All right, I'm getting ahead of myself. Luke 1, 38. Mary, deciding in her heart, said, Here I am, the Lord's humble servant. As you have said, let it be done to me. And the heavenly messenger was gone. So Mary's initial response was a little confused. How's this? <laughs> Go to biology class. This can't happen. And her, her final answer was trust. I don't understand. I might not know the plan, but I trust you with my life. I trust you enough to say, let it be unto me according to your word. She didn't need a fully outlined plan. She just needed to trust him. But our final answer a lot of times is, but wait. (laughs) Instead of saying, be it unto me according to your word, we can't get out of here. We say, but wait. Uh, uh, it's It's the wrong timing. You know, you want me to write, you want me to minister, you want me to do it, but I got teenage kids at home that are really busy, and, you know, I have a couple jobs here, and, you know, my time is very limited. If you could check back with me in seven years when my youngest graduates from school, that would be great, because then I'd be completely available to you. So sometimes our response is not being unto me, it's, but wait, I don't have time. But wait, I don't have any money. 
You're asking me to do this project. You're asking me to go to Uganda. You're asking me to go to Russia. You're asking me to go to this place or that place, but I don't have any money. I can't do that. Or uh, <laughs> I can't do that just because I can't. We let our insecurities hold us back. Our feelings of being insignificant, that what I could possibly say or I could possibly do or what I could possibly give will not make an impact for you because it's just me. And we look at ourselves all insignificant and unable, but God has an answer for that. Are you ready? 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 says, And finally he said to me, My grace is enough to cover and sustain you. My power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect in insecurity. My power is made perfect in insignificance. My power is made perfect in your lack. So ask me about my thorn. Inquire about my weaknesses and I will gladly go on and on. I would rather stake my claim in these and have the power of the anointed one at home within me. I am at peace and even take pleasure in any weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and afflictions for the sake of the anointed because when I am at my weakest, he makes me strong. So we can take our insecurities and our lack to him, and he's going to say, but that doesn't matter. You know why? Because he's not looking at your ability. He's not looking at your inability. He's not looking at your checkbook. He's not looking at how strong you are. He's not looking at how smart you are. He's looking not at our ability. He's looking for availability. He can take any vessel. If he could take me, he could take any vessel and use it. I was shy and insecure and backwards and don't put me up in front of anybody. I was a cheerleader, which was different because you could kind of, you're not yourself. You're not exposed. You're not vulnerable. I came from a broken home with a mother who was an alcoholic, walked away from the Lord and came back. And if he can use broken me, who was afraid to even talk in front of people, he can use anybody because it's not me. He gets all the glory. And the, people might look at you and say, how could you possibly be doing that? Well, let me tell you how. It is not by my might. It is not by my power. It's because I'm a carrier of the Son of God and the life and the presence and the power of God work in me and I'm not afraid and I'm not going to back down. I'm going to step up. I'm going to pray for the sick and watch him recover just like he said I can. I'm going to command cancer to leave and it has to go, not because of who I am, but because of the power that backs the authority he's given me in the name of Jesus. All power and authority are his. Are we living like the resurrection power of God is on the inside of us? It's not just for us. We give our excuses and we sit back on our inability to say why we can't. And he's just waiting for someone to step up and say, you can do it through me. He needs availability. Just a vessel. We want circumstances to line up first. We want this to fall in place and this to fall in place. And, and if you'll just kind of provide here and, you know, fix all this over here. And as soon as everything's perfect, 
then my answer is yes, Lord. This is how I'll know you're ready to use me. He wants you and he wants me. How many of you remember what happened with the priests when Joshua was ready to take the people into the promised land? You know, when Moses was getting ready to take them over, before they even stepped into the Red Sea, he just held that staff up and the water split. It was already parted. They could see it. But when Joshua was ready to go into the promised land, the priests had to go into the water first, the raging river. They had to step in there before they saw anything. By faith, trusting God, be it unto me according to your word, I'm going to step in that water first. I'm going to step out and pray for them even though I don't feel anything. I'm going to step out and encourage them even though I'm afraid. I'm going to step out and write them a letter because they need an encouragement. I'm going to go give them $20 even though I only have 30 because I don't have a scarcity mentality. My money's been touched by the power and the life of God. I'm not going to withhold it in fear. I'm going to give it because I trust you. Every part of our life needs to be impacted because we're a carrier of the Son of God. Mary was a carrier of the Son of God. The life, the power, the word that was made flesh, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who was there, when it all, he's the one who spoke it. The lamb who was slain before the foundation of the earth. The answer before we ever knew we had a problem. That's who she was carrying. That's who we carry. You can't use something you don't know you have. We have to know and focus. I liked that word this morning. Focus on who is inside of us. We're not doing what we do based on our ability and how great we are. We do everything we do by the power and the life and the blood and the grace and the mercy and the life. Did I say power? Of God that lives in us. But if you don't know What's in you, you can't use it. You can't use something you don't know you have. If I asked you for a yellow colored pencil and you said, I don't have one, I couldn't take it from her and use it, could I? You can't use what you don't have. But guess what? You have it. Every single one of you that has been born again has the name of Jesus. And when you speak his word with authority, it contains all the power, the same power and impact it did when he said, let there be. Or when he looked at the blind man and said, see. Or when he looked at that little uh, sick girl and touched her hand and she was raised from the dead. Or when he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth from the grave. And not only was he raised from the dead, but he was healed from whatever killed him in the first place. That power is who you carry. It's who I carry. We have a job. 
It's called carrier of the Son of God, carrier of the power, carrier of the river, carrier of his life, carrier of his love, of his spirit, not just for me, not just in me. It's awesome to come in here for praise and worship like a sponge and get filled up, but we don't want to just walk around with like a full sponge, right? I never get my sponge wet unless I'm intending to use it. And I I said this a month or so ago, I think, in here. The purpose of filling a cup is what? To empty it. I don't usually fill a glass with water and not drink it or use it for something. You have a purpose. (laughs) This life and this love and this power and this river is not just for us to come in and get saturated with, although you have to come in and get saturated because you can't give something you don't have, right? Right? It's not just to stay in me. It's not just for me. But he wants, needs to flow through us to a lost and dying world. So this is our challenge. Are you up for the challenge to be a carrier of the Son of God? Are we ready to let him birth the impossible in us? Are we ready to step out in trust and faith and just say, Father, be it unto me according to your will. As you have said it, so let it be. I don't understand, but I'm here. Use me. We're getting ready to go into 2015, a brand new year. And I always, I get a word for the year. Usually I try, I try to really seek God and say, what is your word for the year? And last year, 2013, 2012, 2011, my word was the same for all those years. It took me a while to get it. Ever take you a while to get it? It was trust. Took, took me a while. Still working. So how I say I'm a work in progress. <laughs> this year, 2014, my word was contend. And I didn't like that word because that, you know, denotes work. <laughs> it's, you're going to have to stand for something. You're going to have to contend for something. That's work. That's digging into the word. That's digging into him. That's holding on to him for all you have. And you know what? It's been that kind of a year. But the word that I keep getting for 2015 is carrier. And you know, I've prayed and I pray and I pray for revival to hit this place. And I've seen it. I've come in here sometimes in off days and prayed, and I've seen just kind of coming from the back, like huge ocean waves slam in the front of this house with his power and his surging and his glory coming this way. But last Sunday, I couldn't come to church. My kids were homesick. And I took some time, extra time that morning in prayer, and I saw, the, saw it going that way. And at first, it was just trickling out under the door. And I feel like he's really gotten us ready. Those waves had just crashed. And he's filled us, and he's filled us, and he's prepped us, and he's prepared us. But our neighbors need it now. And it's, he's ready to send it out that way carrier. Keep your purpose. 
We need to hold on to purpose. And if you don't know what your purpose is yet, I'm telling you right now, you're a carrier of the Son of God. You're a carrier of the power of God. Because somebody every day that you come in contact with needs him. It's time. It's time for us to not just come in and get filled. It's time for us to take it out there and squeeze ourselves dry to come back and get filled again and squeeze ourselves dry. Why? Because the Bible says everywhere the river flows, it brings life and healing. And there's a lost and dying world that needs him. So are you ready to take your job? You ready to sign up for your job, new job description? Amen. Let's pray. Father, oh, (laughs) Father, we just thank you for this word that you've given me today. Father, in my incomplete way, I have delivered it, Father, and I just pray that you take it and break it apart as they leave here today, that you would ignite a fire of purpose to be a carrier of your power and your life in 2015 to everyone that they come in contact with. Father, I pray that this message will saturate their hearts and saturate our minds that we are the carriers that we are the carriers that every time we go to talk we're going to think to ourselves is this how i would talk knowing that the life of god is in me every time we go to do something father i pray that we stop and remember is this what someone with the life and the power of god on the inside would do Help us to take you to this lost and dying world in Jesus' name. Now, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to take a minute and see if there's anyone here. You know, you're only a carrier of the Son of God if you have accepted the Son of God. Jesus came as a baby at Christmas. He died on that cross at Easter. That's when we celebrate those two events. But it was for our redemption. It was to draw us back to God, to cleanse the sin issue forever and make us right with God. And you know, I've heard people say, no, 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 no. We're all God's children. It's all just good. You don't have to do that. Guess what? You're only God's child. It's what Jesus said. If you accept the work that he did on the cross, we are all God's creation. We all fall under the category that he wants all to be saved. But you only really truly are when you make that commitment in your heart to accept the sacrifice, accept the gift that he gave and paid for on the cross. So if there's anyone in here who's never done that, could you just lift your hand up real quick? Anybody? Because we want to pray with you and make sure that you (laughs) become a carrier of the Son of God. There's no more exciting, adventurous way to live than to live by faith in the Son of God. Amen. So if that's you, just raise your hand real quick. Okay. I don't see any. I think we're all, all in the family. Amen. Well, I had full intentions of... Um, speaking the blessing over you this morning. But when we were in prayer this morning, um, Pastor Michael was just speaking with some unction about authority, and I think he has got the blessing today. So would you mind blessing the people? Amen. Let's stand. Um, I was just sharing with them in the back as we were praying. 
I have just gotten a hold of something. Pastor Dan and I have been kind of goading each other on about this thing called authority and faith. And um, I had spent this whole last week just laying in bed whenever I was offered on my back. And I would just listen to Brother Hagin's The Believer's Authority. And it's very scripturally based. And I want to just declare some of this authority over you guys today. Is that okay? So let's just reach out. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the authority that you have given to us to open our mouths and to speak to our bodies and to speak to our finances and to speak to our households. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you that this body walks in authority and realizes the authority that they walk in. Father, no longer, I bless them with this, that no longer will they walk around saying, oh, this is just my lot in life. Oh, this is just the way it's going to be. Nope. This is what I bless you with, the ability to see and to understand the authority that has been placed on each one of your lives to speak it. You will not see it until you say it, and you will not experience it until you speak it. So I bless them, Father, in the name of Jesus, with the ability to realize and to see and to understand the authority that has been given to them through the body and through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. God bless you. We will see you again this Wednesday, 4 and 6 o'clock. Amen.